Have you ever wanted to wear music before? The new 360 sound suit will take you in, engulf you, and make you feel the vibrations. Tired of listening to music through boring old speakers? Or those outdated and dangerous headphones? Did you know one in six headphone users actually dies from their own cable? Whoa! The new 360 sound suit is made from a poly cotton blend, perfectly suited to carry the sound waves to you. For a fuller sound, our shirt and pants set provides the whole spectrum. But if you want to go low and basic, just put on the pants. It's that easy. Yes, the new 360 sound suit brings the music everywhere you go. Do you really want to be left alone in silence with your own thoughts? I stole money from my own grandma. I'm the one who fathered Jolene's baby. I didn't think so. So try on the 360 sound suit today at Sharper Image. Bob is meeting with a fellow retired cop whose career has since gone a little differently than Bob's. After turning in his badge and gun, this guy started a private security firm and grew it to... Well, let's just say he's doing alright. Bob's doing okay, but he's a one-man operation. So, Bob... What's this magic envelope I've been hearing about? Got it from my daughter Stacy. Had a piece of paper inside with one name on it. Just one name? Well, what name? James Ricci. James Ricci. Ring any bells? Not that I can think of. I asked my buddy on the force. We found about 30 James Ricci's in California. Sounds about right. Mostly small time stuff. An assault in Mendocino, some B&E in Burbank. Okay. Didn't seem too promising. We looked into Oregon, Washington, nearby states. Nothing really popped out. So I asked an old buddy of mine out of Reno, local PD. Sounds like you're real curious about this one. This envelope came from John, and we both know he was working with some big players. So I get a call back from my buddy in Reno. Says this guy, James Ricci, is a former Carson City cop. I say, okay. I don't know much what to think of it. He faxes me a photo. Holy shit. I know this guy. I saw this guy outside the Rhino the other day. Yeah? I get another call half an hour later. My buddy's CO asking me why I'm asking about James Ricci. Tells me to stop digging. Is that right? I saw this guy with the Italians. He's working with them. A former cop? Either this guy turned or he's undercover. 
You think he might be working for the feds? Well, what do you think? So the CEO in Reno didn't want you asking too many questions, huh? He wanted to kill that line of talking as soon as it came out of my mouth. Took my name down, too. Yeah, he probably logged it. So let's say this guy is working undercover. Why do you think John Stone had his name in an envelope? Now that's the question. Bob went home and went to sleep that night thinking about it. Other than his dog acting kind of funny, nothing much else happened. His wife was already in bed and the TV was left on. That was Sunday night. So far, 1994 had gotten off to a shaky start. On January 6th in Detroit, Tanya Harding's ex-husband clubbed Nancy Kerrigan in the right leg. Margot Robbie was three years old. On the 11th of January, the first superhighway summit was held at UCLA to discuss the blossoming information superhighway. Al Gore, Rupert Murdoch, Michael Eisner, and others attended with a dream that the internet could save lives, create jobs, and give every American young and old the chance for the best education available to anyone anywhere. Chairman of Disney, Jeffrey Katzenberg, said, We find ourselves ready to go cruising down this superhighway, and we really don't know our final destination. Which was very true. They surely couldn't have predicted the countless memes, vines, and cat videos that would entertain the world in the years to come. A few days later, Bill Clinton and Russian President Boris Yeltsin would sign the Kremlin Accords. Yes, one might say the first two weeks of 1994 had been up and down. But it was the 17th day of the year that Los Angeles residents would surely remember the most. It was 4.20 a.m. Monday morning, January 17, 1994. Over in Studio City, before the sun has come up, an older woman is walking her dog on a near-empty street. Cars are parked in driveways, and there's little action around the neighborhood. She turns off the sidewalk towards her front door as her husband meets her and opens it. So how was she? Oh, she was a good girl, weren't you? Come on. The dog runs inside and the woman follows. The husband sticks his head outside and looks up to the sky. You think it's gonna rain? Over in Silmar, a man in his early 30s stumbles off the street into his mobile home park, red plastic cup still in his hand as he finishes his last drink of the night. Arriving at his own yard, he chugs the rest of his drink and throws the cup away. He turns on the garden hose and drink some water from it. Then he opens his front door. Inside, there's a woman who just woke up, drinking coffee at the table, cigarette in hand. Are you fucking kidding me, Tommy? Mom, what are you doing up? What am I doing? You need to be at work in three hours, and you're drunk. Mom, it was Stan's going away party. He's not... uh I'm not even going to see him for a while. You get fired from another job. I swear to God, I'm kicking you out of my house. I'm going to be there, Mom. 
Just... He storms away down the hall and slams the door. His mom throws her hands up in the air, fed up. On the street outside, a middle-aged man in a suit is driving, checking his watch. There's a briefcase on the passenger seat. As he stops at a stoplight, the ground begins to shake. Oh, shit! The man pulls his car over. Okay, we're here in the Channel 4 newsroom, as you folks... There's no surprise for any folks this morning. We've been hit with a major earthquake. Right now, we're trying to basically gather some more information, trying to figure out where this has been centered. A very sharp jolt, a very long, a very rolling uh, type of motion right now. Again, I'm not sure we have any more information coming in right now. It was so much of a roar, and in the the strength of that earthquake was so powerful. Well, the initial shock began with almost threw me out of bed, and I was scared. I started praying. I, I, I knew it was a bad one. Okay, we've got another aftershock coming. When daylight finally came, the darkness hardly lifted. Destruction could plainly be seen. Okay, it's through an aftershock. This is a long one. It's difficult to describe the intensity of the heat here, but what happened was right after the earthquake, one of the water lines through here broke, completely flooding the streets. The driver of that truck still thought he could make it through. As you can see, he obviously did not. Instead, he hit a gas line. We're told he was able to get out okay, but here we are six hours later, and the fire is still burning out of control. The portion of the L.A. basin that I saw did have most electricity. However, in the San Gabriel Valley and in parts of the San Fernando Valley, there have been areas knocked out of electricity. So that's one of the concerns this morning. One man was buried alive under tons of concrete here at the Northridge Shopping Mall. A street sweeper was inside a multi-level parking lot when it collapsed. He was rescued nearly nine hours later, seriously injured. His truck had been compressed to two feet high. This, probably the sharpest shock we have felt in Southern California since 1971 and Silmar. On January 17, 1994, at 4.31 in the morning, the Northridge earthquake shook the greater Los Angeles area, a 6.6, 6.7 on the Richter scale. Highway suffered major damage. There were gas leaks and explosions. Mobile homes burned. Other buildings were destroyed. 64 freight train cars derailed carrying hazardous material between Chatsworth and Northridge, but nothing leaked. I think it's clear to say that this tectonic shift shook up all of L.A. Rachel and Stacy's apartment was still standing, but not without damages. Rachel walks up to her apartment building, a few bags of groceries in hand. There are still fire trucks and cops on the street, tending to various problems caused by the quake. Shit, I forgot Stacy's Fig Newtons, Rachel thinks to herself. Well, she'll live. Rachel enters their apartment and finds Stacy sitting on the couch with a towel over her wet hair, painting her toenails. A daytime soap opera plays on the TV. Place looks a lot better. That must have taken a while. No, it wasn't too bad. Had to put everything back on the shelves. The worst of it was that broken picture frame. You know, it might sound funny, but I always knew it would break. Stacy, please, you have to stop smoking inside. You know the smell drives me crazy. It sticks to everything. I'm sorry, hon. It's not intentional. I'll go out on the balcony next time, I promise. And can you please start picking up after yourself? Your clothes are all over this place. 
Last night I tripped on one of your shoes. I almost died. I know, I know. I'm working on it, okay, Rach? I'm always in a rush, and my clothes never look right. And the only mirror we have with good lighting is the one in the living room. I'm just a mess all the time, but my intentions are good. Stacy gets frustrated with painting her nails and puts the nail polish aside. So, how did it go yesterday? Any luck out there? Well, I told you about the commercial. They changed their minds, Rach. I know it's disappointing, but there will be others. Oh, but I didn't tell you about Tony Roundhouse. Stacy opens her mouth in shock. Wait a minute. Did he have a comb over? Yes, he did. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Rach. Hey, look, I got his card here. I can show you. It's on my dresser. No, no, I don't need that. Thank you. If I was homeless on the streets, I wouldn't call that guy. Oh, it was so embarrassing. I can't believe I listened to him, even for a second. You're far from the first, Rach. I know a girl that ended up on the set in a bathrobe before she knew what it was. Really? Ugh, live and learn, girl. Stacy changes the channel on the TV. Oh, Meg Ryan. She's good. Destiny is something we've invented because we can't stand the fact that everything that happens is accidental. I just love that, don't you? Which movie is that from? When Harry met Sally. Meg Ryan is on another level, girl. Stacy is glowing as she talks about her. The chemistry between Meg and Billy. Ugh. The wit, the charm, the sexuality. I remember being wowed by the sexuality. Honey, that film, it changed me. It's why I'm here, really. I was ready to give up when I saw that movie. We haven't talked about Stacy's acting career at all, except for the fact that she played one of Kramer's girlfriends on Seinfeld. She's been acting in Hollywood about two years, but she's been doing it almost her whole life. Recently, she's had small roles in independent thriller psych horror stuff to pay the bills. She's played the victim to many out-of-this-world creatures. Aliens. Ah! Zombie werewolves. Ah! They're zombie werewolves! Even some monster made out of balloons? Ah! I need a pin! I need a pin! But like any actress, Stacy wanted a real role. Something that would give her the chance to act and prove her talent. Either way, she loved the job and never wanted to be anything else. You know, Rach, you never told me why you wanted to be an actress. I don't think I ever even asked you that. Oh, it's kind of funny, actually. I always love movies, but... To tell you the truth, I never considered being an actress until back in high school. In her last two years of high school, Rachel and her boyfriend Adam were inseparable. Film director hopeful Adam would use Rachel for his many movie ideas, and Rachel was all too eager to volunteer her budding acting talents. This time, Rachel is in the woods in a somewhat skimpy outfit as the sun is setting and a masked man stands behind her with a large knife. 
In front of her is Adam, with a black hooded sweatshirt and a large VHS video camera on his shoulder. Okay, this time, remember, more fear, more horror. Rachel nods as she settles herself, looks back at the masked man, and then waits for Adam's call. Okay, action! Rachel runs towards the camera, screaming as the masked man chases her. She takes a few steps, slips, and falls. Ah, sorry. Can we try it again? (sighs) Damn it. That was good. Next time, if you fall, just use it. Keep the scene going. Rachel stands up and brushes herself off. Oh, Ah, I'm so dumb. The masked man walks up to them, pulls his mask up to reveal he's a pimple-faced high school nerd type. I can only do a few more, Adam. I really gotta study for Treg. Okay, okay. Let's run it again. Ready and action. Rachel and Adam are standing in their high school hallway by the lockers in between classes as other students pass around them. Come on! It's got Al Pacino, Jack Lemon, and some other legendary guys. It's supposed to be really good. How about the other one? Why do you want to see that movie about fishing? Why do you want to see a movie about some realtors? You just want to watch that one guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad. It's not just that. Well, mostly. Adam kisses her. I gotta drop Joey off after football, so probably like 6.30. Can we decide then? Great. Enjoy, Mr. Bly. (sighs) I will. Back in the present, Stacy is listening to Rachel talk about her old high school days. So he was your first boyfriend? Yeah. Was he cute? Somewhere outside of West Hollywood, Vinny, Mickey, Ronnie, and some other Italians are cleaning up the mess over at Leo's gym. Ronnie is sweeping the floor while Vincent is moving some weights around. There's fallen equipment, some mirrors leaned up against the wall, and broken glass on the ground. A group of three guys comes in with a few boxes of pizza, and they sit down, taking a break from the cleaning. Hey, Vinny! Boys. Shit, Vinny. The news on the TV, it makes it look like the world's ending. Ah, I've seen worse. You see that apartment building over on Reseda? Oh, shit. Sucks to be them. Hey, cue ball, why don't you put a fucking sock in it, Mickey says. Vinny, how's that girl you've been seeing? Her place okay? Don't tell me you ain't seen her yet. Uh, I saw her, I saw her. She's alright. She's over in Tarzana. Just missed the fucking landslides at Santa Susana. She's a nurse, ain't she? She must have her hands full today. Vincent's been seeing this girl, Karen. She actually got him to go see a doc a few weeks back. The doctor is studying Vincent's forms and charts. Smoker, yes. Alcohol, yes. Two previous heart attacks? He looks up at Vincent. Yeah. Are you exercising? Eating right? 
I do what I can. You're not going to catch me ordering a salad. How about stress? Do you have a stressful lifestyle? Vincent looks up to the ceiling and thinks. You're a fucking rat! Eat shit and die! That's ah! average, I'd say. The doctor looks at him skeptically. Given your medical history and recent episodes, I would recommend you have a much more thorough checkup with a cardiologist. We'll do the blood test to get a measure of your cholesterol, lipids, and triglycerides here. Try to keep your stress down. Do you have any questions for me? Nah, I don't think so. If you have any more chest pains in the near future, give us a call or get to a hospital. And do me a favor. Take it easy, okay? Yeah, thanks, Doc. Back at Leo's gym... Mickey and Ronnie are arguing over who could take who in a fight. It's this narrator's humble opinion that Mickey could easily take Ronnie. That guy's all skin and bones. On the day of the earthquake, they were filming on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. A Ferengi and a Cardassian came out of the soundstage and onto the streets in full makeup. And you know that episode of Seinfeld where George hides a suit in the store until the sale day comes, and then when he finally wears it, it makes a swoosh sound? They were scheduled for filming on that episode the day of the quake, but the sets were damaged. More than 60 people died in the Northridge earthquake, and it was the most destructive one since 1906. Some estimates say the damage ran up to about $40 billion. We've heard how the great Northridge quake of 94 affected a great deal of people all over the San Fernando Valley. It broke Stacy and Rachel's mirror and it made a mess of the already aged Leo's gym. While everyone was busy picking up the pieces back in Los Angeles, Max and Trevor, who had fled to Tijuana after the events at the Rhino, were having the time of their lives, blowing through five grand faster than Eddie at a meat raffle. They took a bus from their hotel, got off, and just started walking. There's a place selling tacos out the store, a vendor with ponchos and masks, and some exotic fish for sale. Dude, fish aren't fucking pets. You know there's no way you'd even get that thing home alive, right? I could get it back, man. A fucking lionfish, dude? That thing was like an alien. If we had one in our place, it would be so gangster, man. What do you think it's gonna do, man? Throw parties in the sunken castle? It's gonna eat and shit and swim around, and that's if you even get it home. Fuck, man. Whatever. Hater. Now this here, this is what I'm talking about. They see a tattoo shop. A couple of older guys drinking beer outside. You don't have the balls for that. You're dreaming. Are you kidding me? I sure as hell do. I've always wanted to get a black cobra tattoo, you know that. Since I was a kid, I got bit by that rattler. Yeah, I remember. You've always been into the snakes. But I'll believe it when I see it. 
Oh, you want to see it? Let's do this. Bullshit. Max and Trevor walk to the tattoo shop. A man in his 30s with long hair and a mustache comes out in a leather vest smoking a cigarette. An armadillo slowly follows him wearing a leather vest of his own. Holy shit. Is that a dog? Hola, senor. Do you speak English? Uh, a little. Do you know what a cobra is? You know, uh, El Snaco? Ah, cobra snake. The tattoo artist points to one of the many drawings on his wall. This one of a cobra in attack posture. See, sí, see, sí. perfecto. Can you make it black? Ah, see, sí. negra, black. Good luck with that, dude. I'm gonna get a cerveza across the street. Later that evening, we find Max and Trevor exploring the local nightlife. They've just left, well, who would have guessed, a strip club, and are walking down Avienda Revolution in Tijuana. Where do you think she got the idea to do that with ping pong balls? I have no idea, man. Some people are just more ambitious, I guess. Wow. She should be in the Olympics or something. When I get my own place, I'm going to buy a ping pong table for sure, man. The pair come to a stop at a man selling pictures with a zebra. That is crazy. They have zebras in Tijuana. Man, Mexico's wild. No, dude. Look closer. It's a fucking donkey, man. Why the fuck would they spray paint a donkey? Dude, it's Mexico. Anything goes. Here, let's try this one. Dolce's Labios. Max and Trevor walk into the club. It's a busy place, loud music is playing, and there are a lot of people on the dance floor. They settle up to the bar. Man, I just fucking love Mexico. We should come down here more often. I can't believe I've gone this whole time and never had a margarita. What's the deal with the worm again? I have no idea, man. I think it has something to do with courage? Or was it stupidity? As they sit and chat, they continue to flaunt their money, buying expensive tequila and asking stupid questions that only tourists with no common sense would ask. At one point, Max even drops his bankroll on the floor and goes almost an entire minute without realizing it. Okay, man, I think I've had enough. We should get back to the hotel. Max and Trevor pay their tab and leave the club. As they begin to walk down the street, a stunning Mexican senorita stops them. Hola, amigos. Donde es la fiesta? Dude, what is she saying? I think she wants to party, man. Said she likes you. Well, I'll be damned. Man, this is just too good to be true. The woman steps towards Max and Trevor and starts caressing Max's shoulder. Before anything else can happen, a van drives up, a door opens, and both Max and Trevor are pulled inside. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! A man in a ski mask is pointing a gun at Max and Trevor. No shooto! No shooto! Max says. The man motions to the driver and the van begins to move.
Let's face it, you've done some awful things. And sometimes, thinking about those things keeps you up at night. I ate the last piece of chicken pot pie. I killed Edward and sold his kidney to a Chinese billionaire, and now I drink every day. Slip on the 360 sound suit and get glad all over from the musical vibrations. Drown out those tears with full stereophonic sound. Groovy bangers and countrified funk come alive in the new 360 sound suit from Sharper Image. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, the 360 sound suit from Sharper Image. When people say it's never too late to do something, usually they're full of shit. You're way past the deadline. Give it up. But in this case, it's never too late to learn how to survive in L.A. 